Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated Fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. everybody welcome to episode 339 of the black and gold hockey podcast it's brought to you by FanDuel the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS media network uh, right now you can sign on to fanduel.com slash Boston because right now new customers are getting a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars and if you want to interact with our show's hosts myself Mr. Mark Allred and Miss Grace Roberts down below uh, feel free to uh, send us a voicemail uh, or a direct message, our voicemail line, as you can see, pulled up on the screen, 978-504-2727. We love to hear from you. Again, direct messages as well on Twitter. at uh, You can use the hashtag AskBNG. We'll pull those up. I know we have uh, at least one or two for today's show. We're looking forward to getting to that. And also you can subscribe to our official Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel for more Boston Bruins news from the NHL level all the way down to the prospects all around the world. Please hit that subscribe button and uh, the notifications bell. You'll get notified as soon as we post more content. Everything comes out every day. We got new stuff all the time. Before we get started with the show, I want to ask my co-hosts, Mark, Grace, how are you today? Grace, go first. You're the lady of the show. (laughs) 
I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be back. I feel like I haven't been on in forever after my alarm didn't go off. Was that last week? I was freaking out, but I'm happy to be here now. I set several alarms this morning, um, but I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. I've been I feel like for I've been the grateful one that I'm down in Florida, even though it's been hot. The weather that y'all have been having up north has been insane. Um, so I hope everybody is staying safe and is hopefully it's on its way out. I, I cannot even imagine. I feel like it rains so much here and up there it shouldn't. And it's it, crazy, but I'm doing well been very hot down here lately but i'm excited to get talking bruins and uh and hopefully uh hopefully we uh have a good little show here i'm excited yeah it's been two weeks man a long time uh i am i am doing good um uh went to a celebration of life for somebody i absolutely respected um in his career as a teacher and also as a uh as a hockey player and an absolute legend here in amesbury so um, this episode is kind of dedicated to Leo Dupree, and, and here's a picture of Leo um, with his retired Amesbury jersey. Uh, he passed away in 2020 in July, um, and they had the celebration of life um, yesterday because uh, getting everybody, everybody together during the COVID pandemic was kind of hard to do. But uh, shout out to the Dupree family and Steve Klein and his sister Nancy and everybody else that volunteered to put this whole thing on. It was just a really good turnout um, and great stories. Uh, Leo was a, a, a great uh, high school hockey player here in town. He played for the semi-pro um, Amesbury Maples. And then he went on to uh, have an outstanding career at Northeastern University where he uh, got a scoring title. You know, a kid from Amesbury just making it happen in the hockey world. So... Um, it was a great time to get together with people that I've never met and some folks that I have seen in the past and so on. Um, it was kind of like a bit of a high school reunion a little bit. So, But I just wanted to you know, give the Dupree family a shout out because it was just a tremendous day. And um, that's the reason why I'm absolutely freaking hung cheese today. I am so, <laughs> so hungover. But uh, it was all worth it to be with good people and talk about a, just an absolute legend. Well, hopefully we can help you power through that today with some, we got a solid agenda, you know, counting it. We got probably nine, 10 items to go over today. So we should be able to get through, hopefully pull you through this next hour of Bruins hockey talk. Um, and, and I'm looking over this. I, I think the best place for us to start, I just found out about this last night. It was like 10 30, 11 o'clock. I saw it come across Twitter. I actually have to credit, uh, Andrew from Short Shift because he tweeted something that I saw and I went to it and I was like, wait a minute. I think it was the New York Post's article yep. uh, that was uh, Larry Brooks, I think, was the writer, if I remember correctly. Uh, apparently, the Boston Bruins and Mitchell Miller, the name we don't say around here, they came to a settlement back in February to get him off of this team. And first of all, I'm, I'm glad it's over. But that was five months ago, and we're just now hearing about it. Nobody knew. First of all, Grace, did you see that? And Mark, did you see that? And what were your thoughts when you saw that it's over? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they say, at least in the New York Post article, you're right, it was Larry Brooks mentioned that it was, there was um, an imposition of confidentiality when it was made. Um so I guess that that sort of explains why we didn't hear about it. I guess also, I don't know, I'm sort of sitting here like, would it have made it 
better if we had heard about it right after it happened? Would it have sort of dredged up what I think was this huge cloud that had really disrupted the season? I mean, remember they got the Bruins got their first loss when it happened. Um, everybody was, I think, reasonably very upset about it. Um, so I don't know. I'm almost like, I, I can't believe it took this long, even, you know, with any confidentiality agreements that were in place. Um, but it's it was strange. You're right. I just saw it. I couldn't believe, like, the New York Post is popping up on my timeline. I'm like, why Why is that? I should only see, be seeing, like, hockey stuff, hockey stuff strictly. And, well, that's when I was like, wait, they're talking about our team. They're talking about us. Um, and it was sort of an unexpected uh, thing. I mean, you know. I think he'll probably go and try and play in Europe, but I'm I'm glad that he's not on our team anymore, and, and I'm glad to know how things were resolved now because I feel like there was all these questions about it. You know, why is he still on the team? Why haven't we cut ties? Um, even though he was listed on, you know, like cap friendly and, and everything like that, like he was still around. So I was definitely – I was also surprised when it popped up on my timeline. I was like – felt like a weird time for it to suddenly appear on, you know, July 22nd all these months later. Uh, unfortunate signing in, in November. And in my opinion, just improperly vetted, to be honest with you. I I just don't think that they really did the due diligence on that one. The kid might be a great hockey player, but when you have a culture of a good character, that's just something that was just a real bad blemish. And, yeah, there's probably a no-disclosure agreement, you know, um, just to not saying anything and it probably benefited both sides at that particular juncture and you're right grace why bring that up at the tail end of a of a historic season when you're about to go into the playoffs and we all know what happened in those playoffs but still <laughs> it's just something you don't want to go on a record breaking nhl season and just kind of you know restir the shit you know that that was stirred up in uh, which started in November. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, it's just something. To, it, it, I don't know. It's it. You know what the worst part about it is when you go on Puckpedia and go on freaking Cap Friendly and you're just doing your due diligence to you know write articles and get information. It was just so annoying to still see that that name there yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 100%. come on. But anyway, it's it. It seems like it's over. Hopefully, it's over. You know and. I just, it's time to move on, but you know, in, in situations like this, you gotta you gotta do better. You do have to do better when you're not only when you're trying to look for talent to create depth and so on, but you also gotta you know use the internet a little bit. Right, right. Do yeah. a, do a web do a web search and just say, is this exactly what we need? And when we have such a great culture, I think that's the, the biggest shock about it because, I mean, on the ice, if, if you strictly look at numbers and on-ice performance and all that stuff, it was a it was a great signing. It was a steal, but yeah. we know why. Yeah. <laughs> and all it takes is a quick Google search. That's it. You don't even have to click into articles. You will see what happened, and you sit there and go, ah, do we really want to do this? Probably not. But yeah. they did it, and, and – I just think back and I go, what else was going on in February? Like, it makes a lot of sense that they'd want to keep it under the wire and also kind of what it could have become because you're talking NHLPA grievances, you're talking about waivers for termination and all this stuff that keeps going public. And every time you do that, you're just, you're pulling on the plunger, having, trying to take more shit out. It's just like, you know what, let's just let it go away. 
and yeah. and I'm I'm glad it has. I'm just surprised to your point, Grace. It's been five months. The media, I don't want to say shame on them, but like, what's gone on? How did you not like? How did not one person stick a mic in someone's face and go, "What's going on with this kid? Why is he still here?" And yeah. and what was the answer if they did? Because clearly it was enough where they just kind of looked at him and went, "We don't talk about that." Maybe we should, <laughs> but yeah. it's over. He, it's done with. We can all is, officially move on to twenty twenty three with that kid. Yeah, here's the uh, the the uh, cat friendly tweet uh, per Brooksy. The Bruins have terminated Mitch, uh, Mitchell Miller's contract. Uh, as his piece mentions, Miller was not placed on waivers. Rather, both parties uh, reach a settlement. Uh, hashtag cat friendly has learned that Miller has officially re- has been officially removed from the Boston Reserve list at the end of April. And for those who play around on Cap Friendly, there was a penalty if you tried to buy him out. So that's why the settlement part is so important because now uh, it, it gives them just a little bit more wiggle room under the cap to do something like, I don't know, sign back Patrice Bergeron maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? Oh, and it opens up a contract spot for that too. You only get 50 of those, and he was taking one of them up. So, you know, it it's it does make a little bit of sense as to how they work their roster slots. Um, but speaking of Bergeron, uh, last year he signed first week of, of August. It's right around the corner. Our buddy Dom Tiano has sent out a, a, a tweet that has gone around and caught fire of Bergeron working out heavily in Boston. I know he commented on our What's Brewing show last week. You're not really doing that if you're if you're not looking to come back, not with a new baby at home. So is there is there fire to this smoke? Do you think we got something brewing with uh, with Bergeron and Krejci making announcements soon? Still, I think on the fence, I think we've all said this. Bergeron, I feel a little bit more confident about than I do Krejci. You're right. That, you know, tweet from Dom, I'm, you know, sitting here like trying to not get my hopes up and trying to be like, maybe he's just really stressed out with the baby. Maybe he's just <laughs> working out really hard. But I uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that I honestly expected it a lot sooner. If you had asked me, you know, when we got out of the playoffs, I kind of was anticipating. And I forget if it was he or Krejci made it sound like they were going to announce it sooner than they had. And maybe, you know, I think we all are sort of in agreement. The decision was probably made, has already been made. Um, you know, he's not sitting at home still thinking about it. Like, I think he's known and what he's going to do. Um, obviously, you want it sooner rather than later because we're all anxious and we want answers. But I think it's imminent. I don't know. Maybe by next week will we be talking about his return or Krejci's return? Maybe. I don't know. I think that there's a good chance. But I'm definitely nervous, definitely uh, worried about are we going to put too much pressure on all right, we didn't think we were going to have a historic season last season, and then we did. Um, I think that Bergeron comes with high expectations anyway, so I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens, how he announces it, how it comes out. Um, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later because I'm stressed out, and Mark knows that, that I never stress about anything ever. I'm very calm and collected all the time. <laughs> you got to check your Twitter timeline, girl. <laughs> oh, boy. I gotta tell you, your Twitter, your, your Twitter uh, interactions are just—it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's hilarious. Actually, it keeps me—it keeps me running. Like nine fit my nine thirty break at work, I'm just like all of a sudden I go up and you're already on fire. I'm like, oh boy, 
the Bergeron thing for me is, um, you know, Don Sweeney mentioned in one of his um, end-of-season press conferences, or, or most recently, I think it was development camp and so on, that, um, you know, the organization's got to move forward. Um, you know, they have to properly do things in an order um, because now Bergeron is in, in a case of emergency kind of situation that we we need to spend the money, we need to get all these free agents, but they're not going to just hold on to a million or two dollars for his, uh, a million or two uh, for, for his decision. What they'll do is when he decides, they'll adjust the roster from there, which will probably most likely be uh, some players sent down. Who knows? Um, just to just to relieve some of that gap. Um, but I'm not, and I, I'm, Grace, I'm not saying that you're freaking out. But there's a lot of people out there that are frustrated. Like, why hasn't this guy decided if he wants to play or not? You know, it's it, it's not an easy situation. I, I've never been a pro hockey player at all, but I would imagine it's not easy for the Bergeron family itself because Patrice still has something to give. Won a Selkie Trophy, probably going to have it renamed after his name. Um, But I'm not in any rush to have him, but I would like to, for everybody's sake, including Grace, is is to have have him signed and say something that, hey, I'm I'm coming back and what you saw or what you heard from Dom on the tweet was absolutely correct. I am working my ass off for my, you know, the centennial, which is possibly my final season. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say credit to, to him, credit to the organization for, you know, I, I mean, I guess kind of stringing us along the way they have because I'm sure they've been in talks. They have a general idea of how he's feeling, you know, and, and to Dom's point, you're not working out heavily when you just had a child if you're not at least giving consideration. Now, this may be a I'm going to stay in shape. Let me see how I feel come August 14th, and I'll give you a definitive on day X, whatever it is. First and foremost, the guy's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. Leave him alone. First and foremost, I mean, he's been with the team now for what? This would be his 20th season if he plays. So think about how you feel doing your job for 20 years. And then now all of a sudden have not not anybody you work with, not anybody that you've ever met, sit there and go, you got to decide whether you want to retire right now or not. Right. Like, what? Yeah. No. I'd be sitting there going, fuck off. <laughs> Let me figure this out with my family. Let me figure this out with my colleagues. I mean, you know, personally, I think he wants to come back. I, I think he's torn between should I come back? And that should being how is my health? Can I handle doing it? Because Bergeron's not the kind of guy, he's not going to come back in December and be like, all right, ramp me up for the playoffs now. Right. He's going to come in from day one. He's going to put the team on his shoulders and say, this is, you get all of Patrice Bergeron and all of Boston Bruins puts their weight on my shoulders or you get none of it. And I think that's the part that he's trying to weigh right now. So, yeah, I think he's trying to stay in shape so that he can do it. It's just a matter of does he want to go through it one more time? I think part of him does because centennial season, you know, Lucic is coming back like fun. I mean, last year they had the most fun I think they've ever fucking had ever. And Mm -hmm. and you thought in the locker room and, and I think that tugs at him to sit there and go, I want to do this one more time. And then you get to the end of the season and you have that heartbreak and you sit there and you go, was it really worth it? Now he's taking some time. 
He's seeing his family and he's he's got that bug in his ear of, you know, you're one of 32 teams. You might not get another cup. Is that worth it? And he just has to weigh that decision out. And, you know, I, I think he ultimately does end up coming back. I think we'll have some bonus overages again for next season because of it. But you know what? I'm okay with that. And if it comes down to the wire and he says, I just, I can't give it my all, then you have to respect that too. But who the fuck am I to tell him what to do? <laughs> right. 100%. You know, and, and quite frankly, if I'm Sweeney, I'm leaving 850, 900K to work with just to give him a slot and just say, listen, this is all I got for salary, but we're going to pump the fuck out of your bonuses here. Oh, five goals. Here's an extra million, 10 goals. Here's another million. Like, you, right. I, I don't care. Next year, you have $4 million supposedly to work with with the cap by itself. Use all that for him yep. and, and figure it out for next year. Because if you're with him, you have a legitimate chance still. You, you, you did your shopping without him, and you're still going to be competitive with or without him. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the key thing about Bergeron in particular is that he is, you know, s- such a difference maker. He is, you know not just on the ice, but off the ice. So I think that that's why people are putting so much stake in it. But I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I'm also, you're totally right, what that man has done for the city of Boston. If he wants to retire, he deserves to retire. You know, it's not, it's not our place to say whether he should or should not. <laughs> Admittedly, I like our lineup a lot better with him in it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Krejci, on the other hand, I'm not, I'm not sure he's coming back, and I'm not even sure if I would w- want to entertain a return. Um, I just I think that he's, like, really on his way out. You know, great career and so on. I'm not knocking the player, you know, basically really close to being a point-per-game um, career. But I just think that, I don't know, I, I think with the all the new additions that we got during this offseason, I just think that those types of players uh, are younger, maybe a little more talented, who knows, but might might push him out. 95% for me says that Bergeron's coming back. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Bergeron coming back. I'm pretty low on Krejci coming back. Just as equally low as I am high on Bergeron coming back. Um, mm. I think I think Krejci kind of went into last year with the mindset of let's give it one last ride. Right. Um, I, I think right now he is really focused on the, the tournament coming up in Czech that he wants mm-hmm. to play in. I think wearing the Czech crest for him right now feels a little bit more – important and that's okay you know you mentioned it mark 786 points over 1032 games he got the thousand game mark you know he's got a cup under his belt you know he was never going to be a league mvp you know he was never going to be uh you know a a con Smythe winner although he pushed for it he his playoff playoff numbers push for it for sure Mm -hmm. but he played for 16 seasons he's had a hell of a career some would argue that his number belongs up in the rafters. That's a different debate. We can have that in a week or two when there's less to talk about. But, you know, the point is, is he was that good. He helped this team get a cup and he should be appreciated. But again, if he wants to come back, I don't know where you, I, you can find a spot for him. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I don't see it happening. And, and I think based off of the signings that we have, 
I don't think Sweeney was banking on it or counting on it or, or even really giving it a high amount of consideration simply because, you know, I mean, why else would you have extended Zaka last year looking towards him to be a, a 2C going forward? You know, it just, yeah. And I think, honestly, the, the Jesper Boquist signing really kind of put a cover on the fact that Krejci ain't coming back, mm. in my opinion. Insurance yeah. policy. Right. I like the signing, though, by the way. Where do you guys think Jesper would fit in the lineup? Do you guys have him more in a top six role or a bottom six role? Or kind of what, what are your thoughts seeing seeing that signing go the way that it did? I don't know. It's this is like this was a tough one for me. I mean, it was a great signing, good player, um, and and you know, uh, change of scenery might might you know revitalize this guy and and you know getting him into the culture here. I'm not saying New Jersey was a dumpster fire at all, but but. Um, you know, well, it kind of was. Yeah, it kind of was. Not as bad as Buffalo, but um, um, I don't know. It, it's like I see two sides to this story. To be honest with you, I see the player cracking the lineup, but possibly forcing somebody out. I mean, like I hate to say this, but Lauco could be on the on his way down to Providence if you know if he doesn't if Boquist makes the roster and. Lauco needs to, you know, go down to Providence. He's unfortunately he'll go through that waiver process too, so because he's uh, outside of that entry level deal. So it, technically, if you play three years of minor pro hockey, the following year it doesn't matter how many NHL games you have. If you're outside of that three years, you're automatically going through the waiver process. So um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think the waiver process is going to come into a huge scenario for when they have to make roster cuts during training camp. And, you know, I I also look at this and and I wonder if he was more insurance similar to to what some people are saying about Morgan Morgan Geeky being replacements for Trent Frederick. Because Mm -hmm. Trent Frederick and Swayman, they have their arbitration hearings coming up in the end of this week, believe it or not. Uh, I, the 30th and the 1st, I think Frederick yeah. is the 30th. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, <laughs> the lease took Elias Samsonov to arbitration. Yeah. We'll see how that turns out because they weren't even close. Um, I'd be interested to see what the numbers are filed in the in the Frederick situation and, and in the Swayman situation. Uh, but that walkaway number is 4.5. Anything less than that, you have to keep the player. So... Yeah. My question to you is with let's first focus on Frederick because his numbers are the ones that are across the board. I mean, depending on who you listen to, I think Ty Anderson has referenced numbers as low as 1.5 from some people all the way up to four. So four and change. What's your ideal number for Trent Frederick? And and what do you think he'll actually get? Because there's an ideal number and then there's what he actually might get from arbitration. I could see Freddie coming in at one uh, five two million, um, and Swayman. I I don't know. So I, I'd like to see Swayman below four. Mm-hmm. I I I think that he he's just coming out of his entry level uh, contract, and I understand that he's been really really good, fan favorite, and so on. But for me, I think he still has more to prove, and I don't think that he's at that four million range right now, I would like to see Swayman take a two-year bridge deal, um, win win a playoff series. You know, if we make it, 
uh, in the next two years in the playoffs. Hopefully we do. And then go for the big bank, like the Brinks truck backing up on your front lawn and dumping tons of cash. I think that's the... <laughs> I think that's the appropriate way to do things because the cap is going up and so on. So, like, Don Sweeney might be, or, or the agent in Sweeney might be going down saying, let's, because we're so up against the cap this offseason and we need to be cap compliant by, by October, why not take a short two-year deal and, you know, we'll promise you you get bank uh, after that term is over. Right. Um, so, but I think by that time, the cap could go up to... 90 95 million who knows it's supposed to be going up four and four and five something like that yeah so. exactly my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean yeah i was gonna say the other thing to factor in and and this came out with the samsonov situation is the the team because the player filed the team gets to determine whether they want to go for a one or a two-year contract However, Trent Frederick is only eligible for a one-year contract because it'll take him till he's 26. Swayman, they can take for two years. So I, I think that changes their approach for each player, but I, I'm not sure. Would that change things for you, Grace? I mean, I think – I don't even necessarily think that it would. I think that Mark is right. I think the two-year deal with Swayman is also just conducive to – what the goalie situation is right now, obviously with Olmark, um, you know, now I think pretty solidly staying, you can go back to that goalie tandem that was so successful. I'm not saying it's going to be as successful as it was last season because last season was insane, but it's still going to be successful because you have two goalies who are both due technically, I think a top spot on a team. And um, that's the problem is that, you know, are we at a place where we're going to pay Swayman that top dog money when we don't really have the room for it and we already are paying a shit ton of money for another goalie. Like we've talked about it, that, that that's a, the, the amount of money that we would, if we give, you know, Swayman, however much I, it, that's a ton to be paying for two goalies. Like it's already a lot. Um, but I don't know with, with Frederick, my bigger concern is, do we see him sort of staying in that same role that he's had? I don't know if we want to call last season a breakout season. It was sort of, I think, pretty in line with his growth and his development. I don't know how, how high are the expectations for him, and that sort of changes how much I'm willing to pay for him or how much I'm, I'm wanting to pay for him. Um, because I don't know. I, I, I don't really – maybe I'm, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I don't know. I've, I sort of see him plateauing. I, I don't I, – I do think this might be his ceiling. And I'm not saying it's bad because he's a great player and he's done great things for our team and in and, and the role that he's played. But I don't necessarily know that it gets a lot higher, so I'm not willing to overpay for him. I'm not willing to bank on him having a bigger season than he's already had. You know what I mean? I think it'll be interesting to see what those numbers come back from. Um, I know we've heard stories in the past about how teams and, and players have had their relationships torn apart because of arbitration hearings and mm-hmm. – you know, that that's one of the things that worries me about Swayman. I, I think with the Swayman one second, I feel like that one may come down to the wire, but they might get something done. I think part of what holds up getting Swayman done is Frederick because yeah. they can't come to Swayman and say, we'll give you 2.5 when Frederick could cost him as high as 3.8, 3.94. They don't know. And if they're that far apart with Frederick, and it's going to come down to a, an arbiter, 
you know, yeah, what the arbiter says comes down. That's the final ruling. But rumor has it, and obviously we know how reliable rumors are, but rumor has it that they have the ability to pick up the phone and call St. Louis and say, you know, we're willing to deal them to you, which if that's the case, then as soon as you get the, the number from the arbiter, or at least as soon as you go into the arbitration hearing for Frederick, you can then sit there and flip the switch and go, okay, let's sit down with Swayman. Let's hammer this out. Whatever that number comes back with, we can't control it, but we're going to ship it out anyway. Whether we get a third round pick for it or we get a seventh round pick for it, he's gone. We're going to ship him out if the number's too high for us. If it's, if it's what we like, we'll keep him, but we got to move on. And then you have 10 hours to sit down with Swayman and hammer something out. I think they can still get that done. I don't think yeah. they're as far apart as they are with Frederick. Yeah. And I, I think that I was thinking about this the other day, just like with all the arbitration talk and with Samsonov going to it, you know, me being in law, I've sat in on plenty of arbitrations, obviously not hockey talk related, but I mean, I, I can easily see how it has and can really disrupt relationships between a team and a player. And it's, so I think it's a slippery slope and it's dangerous in the sense of like, yeah, okay, you might eventually hammer out an agreement once you, if you hit arbitration, you're at the hearing. Um, but, you know, at what cost? You know, what are you, what are you sacrificing? What trust have you built that could get sacrificed there? So, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I guess, what's, what's y'all's final answer on are we going to get either of them before it gets to arbitration? Are either of them going to get to arbitration? I, I actually want to bring up um, uh, a, Hashtag AskBNG from uh, Maria from Watertown. She constantly calls uh, 98.5 and, uh, you know, asks some really interesting questions. But she says, two-part question. Do you think Swayman and Frederick arbitration hearings will take place or deals reach prior? And the second one, what could uh, awards on contracts look like? So I want just want to make sure that I, I shout Maria out because she's an awesome person and, and a loyal supporter of ours. So. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's what we're going over, and I'm glad that someone out there also was worried about it too. Yeah. I, I kind of have a feeling both of them will get done before. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's – Don Sweeney has a – since 2015, Don Sweeney has – I, I believe this is correct. Uh, I think, Chris, I heard this on What's Brewing on Monday uh, that you mentioned. Don Sweeney has not – been to an arbitration hearing that went completely full. They've, I've, heard, they've, I've heard that from multiple sources that Don yeah. Sweeney's never taken a player to arbitration. Right. Yeah. Honestly, so, I think Frederick's his first one. I think it will possibly. Too. I'm with you. Yeah. I also think too that I, I, I know everybody likes to do comparables and all this and that. I think having Ilya Samsonov be so far apart from Toronto will actually help. <laughs> Sweeney and, and Swayman's camp sort something out because I mean at the end of the day that's kind of what you're going to be looking at between the two of them anyway you're going to be looking at Swayman sitting there going I want a bridge deal like what Jake Ottinger got four by four well we're not going four years right now because the cap's going to go up and and I don't think he wants necessarily four years because the cap's going to go up so they would look at it and they go okay well let's do four by two we don't want to do four. You're not quite there yet. And, you know, the player's going to go, well, I'm not at 1.5 either. <laughs> now you can, you'll, you'll have somewhere where, I mean, Ilya Samsonov, when he's on his game, when he's healthy, 
he's a great goaltender in this league. He's right up there with Jeremy Swayman. If you look at where their numbers fell last year, goals against average save percentage, they were very, very close. I'm not saying Jeremy Swayman is Elias Samsonov or vice versa. It just it brings more to the conversation, brings more context to the negotiation where you can possibly sit there and say, okay, instead of two by four, let's do two by six and put the money this way so you get cash up front. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it too is this, uh, the player wants money. And, and if you can ease their mind with cash up front, it helps. So you can structure the deal so that you get a lower AAV for yourself which you selfishly need. Um, but then the, the, the player gets some of the cap. So uh, any, any more final thoughts on this? I know we have to toss it over to our uh, title sponsors over at Vandal in a minute here, but I just wanted to give you guys a chance to give any final thoughts on, on Frederick, Frederick and Swayman because they're the, they're the next major dominoes to fall, and then we got a couple other topics to get into. All right. Um, I, I just hope that something gets done. It doesn't get get to that point, you know, where it gets nasty between both sides and so on. Especially Swayman, a young guy, young goalie, real confident and so on. I just don't want to tarnish any of that relationship with the uh, with the you know nitpicking back and forth when you're trying to figure out a number and term and so on. So um, it should be interesting, but I hopefully it gets done soon, just to ease everybody's uh, minds. Yeah. I think I think exactly the same with Swayman. What, just what you said, Mark. That I think he has a potential long-term future in Boston as a as like our goalie, and so you just don't want anything to happen there. So I'm hoping no arbitration in either case to the hearing. I mean, I hope hope we can get it hammered. I hope by next week we're talking only good things. So yes. yeah, we're talking some deals getting signed as opposed to hearings occurring the night before and the day of. Actually, yeah. That that's the funny part is is the next day we're supposed to record would be. Um, it would be Swayman's arbitration hearing date. So hopefully we get there. But for right now, let's throw it over to our title sponsors over at FanDuel. And uh, we got some more great Bruins talk when we get back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Don't forget to check out our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, I can't wait to to bet with them more than just baseball. It's getting kind of boring. Um, I, football season will be a blessing for betting, but I can't wait for hockey season. Are you betting on golf, Mark? Oh, all? yeah. Okay. I'm watching golf right now. The Open's on right now, and I got <laughs> I got action on all like the top five that I'm looking Harm, Straka, Rom, Fleetwood, Young, Homa, got them all. So if anybody wins in the top five, cha-ching, cash there money. There you go. Grace, you betting on anything down there in Florida or just the weather? Uh, yeah, just the weather, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, unfortunately, uh, uh, not a lot of betting opportunities down here, but I am excited. I've been talking to my brother about it because he's been – he's a big uh, betting guy. So um, a lot of baseball, but other than that, I'm excited for – 
sports that I feel more confident about betting on to come back. Because baseball, I'm, I'm, it's pretty much I'm, I'm putting the money in, and and I'm just, it's, it's I'm using it to give me extra motivation to actually watch the baseball game rather than me actually believing yeah. it's going to hit. Um, but yeah, always wonderful. I'm so glad that we have FanDuel to uh, support our, uh, our. Uh, exciting betting adventures <laughs> i will say andrew and i are going to dig into some of those future bets for teams as we go through on puck off we're going to do deep dives into each team and you know we'll, we'll take a look at what some of their odds are i mean as simple as will they make the playoffs or not those those are fun questions mm-hmm. to dig into long play bets there but uh right now we have a we have a great question that was brought up uh when it comes to the bruins roster um and, and it was the question was posed do you see us getting to game one of the regular season without shedding at least one more, I'll put air quotes around major player in the sense of dollar amount, Frederick, Swayman, Forbort, Brislick, uh, and honestly, a recent name that keeps coming up that I want to dig into more is Jake DeBrosk. Do you see any of those five guys getting dealt before the regular season begins? I don't know. I, 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 I'm still baffled by the forward situation uh, and, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> why, and why he wasn't bought out at the appropriate time when you could buy him out this next buyout window if um he can't be bought out if i'm not mistaken because of the dollar amount is that it correct Chris? four million or more yeah yeah so I, I that whole situation i i don't understand because you know you have the depth if you need it you know i mean i'm not saying that mason lowry should be that seventh or eighth defenseman and, and hardly yeah. get any time because his development would benefit from playing often down in Providence. So, right. I mean, I could see why they want to keep a player like forward around for that depth reason. But I mean, pretty much last year for me was kind of, I don't know, blah, you know, it's like, why would we want to keep him on and, and also keep that $3 million that is so critical right now to, you know, be compliant and so on and have a little extra space for a, a Bergeron return. Uh, I, I mean, if they wanted to, I think that Grizzly could possibly be an um, attempt to throw mm-hmm. out to the league and say he's available to shed $3 million. Uh, I just don't see the value in Fulbert right now in any team like, you know, you know, knocking on Don Sweeney's door saying, hey, I need this guy. So, it, I mean... But I also I don't know if another move's going to happen. I really doubt that there's any anything to the Jake DeBrusque, um you know, trade rumors. Yeah, boredom. yeah, it's just bored. yeah. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I I don't see it. I I, I think Jake DeBrusque had a really he had a career year last year, and I think the Bruins want to see what they have in him this upcoming season and. and and to be honest with you, if he flops, he could be a player that we move at the uh, trade deadline this upcoming season. You know, uh, he's going to have a little bit of a negotiation term with another team uh, that he might be able to go to and then figure out, you know, his situation there. But if he has an outstanding season and, and the Bruins continue to believe in him and so on, I could see him getting an extra, um, uh, possibly a four-year deal after that. But it all depends on, on him and how he produces this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I think Jake DeBrusque is pretty, as of right now, penciled in next to Charlie Coyle. And, yeah. and I want to see what that looks like because 
yeah, Charlie Coyle looked really good with Taylor Hall and with Trent Frederick last season. But if you look at Jake DeBrusque's game, he's more of, and this is going to sound way higher thought than I than I think of him, but he's kind of a mix between those guys. He can play the physical style game that Trent Frederick brought, but he's a better finisher than Frederick, kind of like Taylor Hall. So he's a mm. he's more of a hybrid style. I want to see what that looks like. I'm not excited to just trade off DeBrusque for, for cap dumper or anything like uh-huh. that. And with the cap going up, I, I do think you can get him back at a, a fairly reasonable deal. I want to see what he looks like without Bergeron. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that might be a little selfish to say, but he drove that line a lot last year. So I'm happy to see that. I just, I want to see is that, motivation because of who's on the line he feels like he has to bring it so that they don't have to or is that just what he's turning into if it's what it's turning into him and charlie coyle can be really good for a couple of years and and i wouldn't want to move on from that the one that i think is as interesting as you said um mark is, is Derek forbort i think what they're looking at forbort as is they have other options to get rid of them I, I i really feel like if they come into camp and a lot of the young players are just kind of non-exciting, meh. They know what they have in floorboard. They can roll him out there. He's consistent. He's more than you want to spend, but it it's a commodity that you know. At the end of the day, though, if they try, they, they can put him on waivers. And one of two things happens. Someone else says, thank you, we'll take that. And that $3 million is off your books, and that's your best-case scenario. I, I think at this point you don't even try to negotiate for a bag of pox. You just say, take him off our books and give us our money back. Thank you very much. Or he clears and you get about half his money back. Neither one's a bad scenario, but I think having him in the locker room also will help guys like Ian Mitchell, Jakobs Borrell, you know, even um, Mason Lorai, you know, just being in the locker room, seeing how he prepares, knowing that, hey, you know what? my job might actually be on the line that can motivate them to say, I'm going to take your job. Your job is on the line and I'm the one who's going to take it from you. It looks bad on paper because of the $3 million mark, but I, I think they're looking at it in terms of worst case scenario. We'll just put them on waivers. Yeah. So I guess I want to sort of touch on the DeBrusque thing. I know I said boredom when Mark was talking about it and I do think that's part of it. My other of this twofold reason why I think he has suddenly been brought up and honestly continues to be brought up, I think a lot of it stems back to, you know, what we saw and heard last season and the season before with him and I guess primarily Bruce Cassidy, but sort of this idea that he's not, there's always in the back of our minds that he's not a career Bruin. Like he is one of these days he's, he's going to be on his way out the door. We're just waiting for that to happen. So I think that's the other reason why his name comes up. And um, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that's fair or true. I I think we've seen sort of a development of character and, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to be a Bruin for the rest of his career, but at the very least, I, I agree. I think that he's one, I know I said it about Frederick that I thought maybe he had plateaued. I don't necessarily know that that's true with Jake DeBrusque. I don't know that he's hit his ceiling yet, especially you're right. When he doesn't have Bergeron, can he, you know, shoulder a burden that is greater than what he already has. 
Um, I think he could, and I think that there's a great opportunity. I think he's happy being a Bruin. I think he wants to be here, and I think he's shown that he can commit to that that role that he is playing on a top line. Um, with Forbert, you know, I can we've talked about it so much, and we can do it till we're blue in the face. I don't get it. Does John Sweeney have something cooking about it? Why he's still he wasn't he wasn't bought out? Now we're sort of at the point where we're all just sitting and waiting. What do we see him playing a big role like next season? Like, no. Um, but you know, when I pose this question about you know, are we going to see something else drop another you know the other shoe drop on one of these players? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I do think that Grizzly is a valuable piece to be dealt. I think there's a there are teams that that would want. You're right. I don't think anybody's banging on you know knocking down Sweeney's door with desperation for either Forbert or Grizzlick, but I mean, Grizzlick's a young, very valuable player, especially when it comes to, you know, offensive production from, from a D man. I think that it's, it's, there are people who want him and teams that will really want him. So maybe he is going to be somebody valuable, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is all we've shed. Maybe we've, we've shed all we're going to shed. And now we're going to just go into the season with what we're working with. But I don't know. I'm interested to see how it plays out or if we lose another, you know, quote unquote, like you said, Chris, you know, big player, um, I don't know. Well, one other thing, too, about Jake DeBrusque being brought up, that shows, one, other teams want him, and two, mm-hmm. his name should be coming up because, yes, he's at the end of his contract, he's in the final year, and if his name is not at least being mentioned, Don Sweeney's not doing his job. Right. So that doesn't mean a deal is imminent. It just means that if, if someone calls him and they say, what are you looking for for Jake DeBrusque, there's, there's a conversation. Right. And maybe it's ridiculous. Maybe it's ridiculously high, as it should be. Doing due diligence. <laughs> yeah. I do want to add that um, if Jake DeBrusque is moved, it's not going to be for um, for Sally Cap, um, you know, savings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think yeah. that a play, I think like a, it's not going to be like a Taylor Hall situation. I think right. a player like Jake DeBrusque is going to garner something back, whether it be mm-hmm. a draft, draft capital or... Or, or a player, you know, but... Yeah. Yep. For a while, the name um, Peugeot from New York was being oh. thrown around out there, and that's just yeah, that's just too low of a return. Which That's boredom. Right. That's boredom. That's armchair general managing from the that's, side. Like, that's off-season clicks. Yeah, that is, that is somebody wanted to get us riled up. Like, here's something to get excited about. Look right. at this terrible deal that I'm going to propose. Damn you, Stefan Rosen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that being said, though, I don't think you're sniffing up the wrong tree looking at looking for a center. Mm. You know, right. I, you know, I obviously over the last few weeks we've heard other centers names be thrown out there Quinton Byfield Shane Wright some of the younger guys Elias Pettersson you know Jake DeBrusque's name being involved in a, in a deal for one of those guys it would be legitimate and and that's something that I wouldn't necessarily be against but that's not what we're hearing so let's kind of put that to bed because you know you would I, if you're if you're the Kings, for instance, and you're looking to to rid yourself of Quentin Byfield for whatever unknown reason, you know, it's not because he sucks, that's for sure. You're looking at the Bruins roster going, well, Jake DeBrusque is a good starting point. What else are you going to give us? You don't exactly blow us over with draft picks. So Jake DeBrusque plus what? It's a starting point. Fine. But 
now you're you're probably talking, you know, a Lysel instead of DeBrusque because he's younger, more team control. And, you know, it, it just – I don't see it happening because there's nothing very reasonable out there for him, at least until the trade deadline. At the trade deadline, someone's willing to throw in the extra draft pick because they want him for a playoff push. And at that point, you'll also have the ability to say, you know what? We can keep half of his cap hit because we're not going anywhere. And now you have Jake DeBrusque for a you know prorated $2 million cap hit. So give us more. Instead of the third round pick, give us the second round pick. And we'll, we'll help you that way. So, mm-hmm. you, but again, last year we were talking about this team treading water at the trade deadline. And it look, lo and behold, they go out and they make all the best moves at the trade deadline. They get, they probably win the trade deadline. Right. You know, it, it just, it, you got to see how it plays out. I don't want to deal these guys right now. And the ones that I do want to deal, I'm not going to get anything back. So at least for now, if my options are wave them in training camp and hopefully they get picked up and I get nothing for them, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's not much more I want to do to this roster other than figure out Frederick Swayman and, and Bergeron. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know, Mark. Do you do you feel like there's much more that you want to do to the roster? I mean, as it's currently sitting, I don't have those three guys. It's it's so hard because it's like we're, we're coming to the end of August. I mean, uh, uh, July and you know August is right around the corner. I really want to see how all this this recipe is going to look. And, and taste after we get um, some training camp action, you know. I think that's for me. That's the bar. It's like how are we gonna how does everyone fit together? How is the chemistry working with some of these new players with some players that have tenure? You know, I, I think that for me is uh, is where I'm gonna really gauge on where people could fit and so on, and and really give myself a structure of who could fit where and so on. You know. Um, Right now, it's just like sometimes I think I look at the names and I'm just like, where could you fit? Like, like Boquist for me, to be honest with you, if he doesn't make the the NHL, which he has to, if he doesn't, he's on a one way deal. If he doesn't, and, and you know the Bruins want to put him down in Providence, he's got to go through the waiver process. Yeah, but I also see a benefit of him being a Swedish uh, hockey player along with. A guy like Fabian Lysel, I think if he if he goes down to Providence and so on, I think Lysel would really really thrive with having a countryman like him, a skilled guy, and and basically, Bolquist for me would be the Vinny Letary of last year for mm-hmm. a player like Georgie Mikulov and Fabian Lysel. So, but I I see Bolquist's talent just a little higher in an NHL player. And not not somebody that you're just going to stash down in Providence, but either right. way, the organization can benefit from having a player like that. Oh yeah, and, and I think a guy who really needs to be starting to look over his shoulder for a roster spot would be AJ Greer because he didn't come yeah. in blow doors off, but he also he wasn't terrible. But it's just like, no. you know, what was he like a number six overall pick or something like that? If I remember correctly, he was a Ooh. fairly high draft pick. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but he could be right. Um, you know, he was, it, oh, he it, was, oh, he was second round 39th overall, 39th overall. Okay. So top 40, that's still not, no, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Right. um, but he was another one that was looked at as, you know, maybe he could push for, for a third line role. And, and just last year, from what I saw, it was no, I, you're barely pushing for a bench role. 
and right. you know he had a lot of dumb penalties and you know that that's where a guy like Jakob Lauko really caught my eye he drew penalties his analytics mm -hmm. for penalty you know it was off the charts it was great that's why I want to see him more you know and then you bring in a guy like Milan Lucic who who can play the physical game like Greer can like Frederick can like Lauko can you know he can he can help those three guys in particular you know fine tune and nitpick their physical game so that they're not taking penalties but they're still bringing the physicality and and I want to see how that plays out. I, I just I don't feel like there's more to bring in. Bo, Boquist is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to see the first round of cuts. Let's see. Let's let's get into training camp. See who goes down first. Yeah, that's where I'm think, at. And I think that the other thing about I think you make such a good point, Chris, about these younger players, especially. I mean, AJ Greer. We we I think we've talked about it about his favorite player growing up was Milan Lucic. Like he saw this guy and clearly I think you see it in the game that he plays. I'm not saying he has mastered it the way that Lucic has, but you sort of see that, you know, similar style, physicality. Um, so I, I think that this is a good opportunity for AJ Greer to fight for a spot and earn a spot. You're right. Looking over his shoulder the whole time. But I think that, and maybe I'm just, I've always been a fan of AJ Greer. I like him a lot. I, Think he has a lot to offer he just doesn't always know where to put it and how to put it in the right place um but i i do think that in terms of you know moves going forward i i'm happy with where we're at honestly this was better than i anticipated like with the cap crunch we were in the space that we had to work with i really and even like the talk of don's being like we're gonna be looking at a different team like we are but also not as different as I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we lost the, the players we picked up at the trade deadline. Um, we lost Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno, and those are those are significant. Don't get me wrong. They were a big part of the team. But at the same time, it's still more or less a lot of the players that I, I you know, Omar, that would have been the one where I was like, you're right. This is a this is a big shift. We're, we're, we're changing directions here. Um, but we still have both of our goalies. I think we're going to still have Swayman, knock on wood, because I like him. But I... Uh, I don't know. I don't really see anything else happening. And, and in that case, it's been a winning off season for me. I've been happy with it. You know, yeah, the Tyler Bertuzzi thing sucks. Losing some of those players sucked. Oh, and I know we're going to talk about it, but uh, Noshek obviously um, was another way into an, another player. Devils. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good pickup for them. We saw what he brought to our team. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just, I looking at what we've already done. I go, where does he fit? You know he's the bottom four center. He's a four C, which is great. But when you put when you pencil him in here at a four C, even at seven hundred and seventy five grand, first of all, that's money that you cannot spend elsewhere, and you still have more important pieces. I look at what we brought in, and I go, wouldn't Morgan Geeky bring you the same thing? Maybe less the faceoff percentage. Like it was great to have him at the dot, but you mm -hmm. cannot have one spot of your roster filled up for a million dollars just to win a face-off. You just can't. You have to have guys who can win face-offs besides that one person. And it's a hell of a pickup for New Jersey. I think he's going to help that team way more than, than people think. I, I actually had him earmarked for Pittsburgh, to be honest with you. I, I thought wow. Pittsburgh was the team that was going to give him a call and, and try and pencil him in and build depth down there. But, I mean, New Jersey is – just a good, if not better, landing spot for him. So, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Also, also guys like Nosek uh, and, and fourth liners, they basically price themselves out. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, and that's not a knock on on Nosek at all. It's just that's the philosophy that the Boston Bruins have been rolling with for years now. Is you know we saw it with Tim Shallow, we saw it with Noel Chari. You know those fourth line players. They just when they you know when they're up for new contracts. Don Sweeney and the Boston Bruins aren't paying two, three, four, five million dollars for players like that because they need those funds for the higher levels, your top six players that you need to constantly, you know, shuffle through and 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 you know basically have better careers. I'm not saying Doncic was a was a bad player. Um, he's going to be missed in the faceoffs. I get it. His offensive game, penalty killing, and so on. You know that's going to be missed. And and obviously New Jersey got a decent player, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I kind of like roll with that players like him are a dime a dozen. Yeah. I, I think the other, um, I think, I think Chris is right with, with the Morgan geeky thing. I mean, yeah, I guess the face-off thing, Nosek proved himself as a very good, you know, winner of face-offs, but I also think that geeky's face-off percentage is pretty good. He was pretty high up on, in terms of, I know, and that's also considering that he's sort of a goes back and forth being a center and a wing or can play both roles pretty well. But also, I mean, like looking at the defensive aspect that, that Nosek brought, I mean, Geeky had like the, I think it was like the seventh or eighth best plus minus on his team. Like he does have the the skills and abilities to fill that role. And I just don't think I loved Nosek. I really did. And I think that what he gave was so underappreciated. And I think he's going to thrive in New Jersey the same way that I think he really delivered something we needed for us. Um, but you're right. I don't think, I think there, there was a price that just, we couldn't be, we couldn't afford to, to keep paying him for the role that he had. So it sucks. Cause I liked him, but we've sort of lost a lot of players. I really liked, I think on Twitter, people often use the term like emotional support fourth liner for people, like just a fourth liner that for some reason you really like, and you really want them to be around, but you just can't pay for them. And, and so I, I, I think that it was necessary. I think it took, it kind of happened later than I thought it was going to. And it was kind of unexpected when it popped up on my timeline. But um, yeah, I think it was, I think it had to happen. It was going to happen, but I definitely think that he'll be missed in a lot of aspects, but I think that we have people who can step up and, and take that role on more. And, and let's be honest, he wasn't exactly lighting the, the goal lamp on fire. No, no, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, but, but to your point, Mark, like this, this has been an organizational philosophy for a while because before that, it was the complete opposite. Peter Shirelli, he was signing these guys to long-term deals, locking them up, no movement clauses. I mean, I just took a quick peek. Toronto has 13 no movement clauses on their roster. roster. All right? 13 of them. And, like, eight, there's, like, eight of them in their forward group. So it's like, you could have that, but... And they're cap constrained in themselves. They're over the cap already. They've got Samsonov going to arbitration, as we mentioned, you know, half an hour ago. So it just, they have to do something. At least we're not in a position where other GMs are are down our throats, like able to take Jake DeBrusque for nothing because we look at it and go, well, we have nothing. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, people want to still shit all over the Taylor Hall deal, but the purpose of that deal was to gain the cap space so that you had the ability to go out and bargain shop and get Shattenkirk and Van Reams that you literally have to look at that trade 
for for Taylor Hall and Nick Felino, which Nick Felino, I think we can all pretty much agree, was not coming back next year just because we couldn't pay the guy. Right. But basically, you traded Taylor Hall and Nick Felino for Morgan Geeky, James Van Riemsdyk, and Kevin Shattenkirk, mm-hmm. and a little extra to play around with. I, yeah. That's not a bad deal. When you had three holes, yeah, you, you created an extra one by dealing Taylor Hall, but again, Hoporowski, Mar- Merkulov, you know, those are longer shots, but they're there. And Van Riemsdyk can fill that spot. It, is, is he the most exciting name to do it? No, but, <laughs> you know, it, you, you could also see a legitimate chance of, you know, Fabian Lysel coming into camp, pushing for a spot, and then having to go, gee, damn, do we have to look at Jake DeBrus back on the left side because Fabian Lysel's forcing us to? Like, those are good problems. There's good yeah. problems and bad problems. The Bruins' problems are pretty much all good. They yeah. eliminated the last bad problem they had, apparently back in February, and we didn't even know it. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it, you know, these are all good problems to have on paper. Nothing's forcing your hand one direction or the other until you get to the arbitration hearings for Swayman and Frederick. And yeah. even then, like, oh, no, we might be forced to pay two really good players to play for us. Yeah. Oh, no, what a big problem. <laughs> I, I don't get why people are so pissed off at what has happened this off season or anything like that. I just, you know, we, we had Jay on from big bear last week, Mark. Mm-hmm. And, and I went back, I listened to that episode that he was talking about. I just sit there and I go, why, why, why are you so angry? <laughs> like, like I just look at it and I go, they are good problems to have. What is there to be pissed off at? Mark, are you mad about anything that has happened in this offseason? I'm not. I'm more I'm more intrigued on how everything comes together. That's the yeah. biggest thing for me. It's it's there's a lot of people out there that just that, that really don't see any of these moves as positives and, and something that we can move forward to try to replicate what happened last year. And to be honest with you, I don't want that to happen. I want to be the eighth seed. I want to be the Florida Panthers yeah. uh, of last year, you know, and work your way up instead of being that number one team throughout the whole year and, and setting expectations uh, of, of cup winning and, and get the dock mm-hmm. boats ready kind of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'm more intrigued about how the puzzle pieces get put together, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to training camp. Oh, my God, yeah. We got a couple weeks left, guys. We we still have a few yeah. more shows to do before training camp. But <laughs> I so know. we're gonna have some fun with those ones. So I I mean, you know, I, I think next week will be a great week for us to really look into well, actually probably the week after because then we'll know the outcomes from the arbitration yep. hearings and stuff like that to really dive into the lineups. Um, you know, and, and hopefully by then we have a, a Bergeron announcement or, or just a, a better general idea. But um, you know, it, we got some fun stuff coming down the road. We're, we'll have plenty of lineup talk because that's how we'll figure out some of the off season. But mm-hmm. beyond that, um, you know, Mark, I know you put this one on the on the agenda. Final final topic for this week. They're still looking for an assistant coach. Yeah, <laughs> for John Gruden. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it. I know, Mark, you have your ear a little bit more to the ground, but have you heard anything? I, I haven't really heard much at all. I mean, the only thing I'm hearing is is 
possibly Ryan Mujanel might be that that stopgap that that the, the guy that that's they're constantly uh, interviewing because it's an internal move. Yeah. But also, also is that going to be something that's going to jive well with with uh, Jim Montgomery? Is he going to want to get his own guy that he has experience with? You know. It, so it's going to be interesting on how everything turns out. I know there's absolutely no rush on, on, on assistant coach until, you know, the first day of the season. But still, you, you want to – us Bruins fans and people that cover the team on a regular want to know who's coming in, figure out character, do some research, you know, see how this fits and how it's going to work with the system that is implemented, um, you know, year by year. So – Mm-hmm. I don't know who it, who it could be. Obviously, Mark Savard's off the off the uh, off the uh, the you know he went to Calgary and so on, which is good for him. And, but I don't know. Should it be another player, uh, a former Bruin? I don't know. You know, I would love you know one player. I, I would love to see not a player, but he was a player. I would love to see Mark Recchi in the Bruin behind the bench. I think he would work really well. But I I I, I think he's working with somebody else right now. I thought he was. I thought he was with like St. Louis, and they let him go, or or something like Philly, or something like that. But might be Philly. There's a number of of former players out there that would be interesting to see, and I, I just I, all the silence tells me that one thing: somebody's on vacation, and they just don't care right now. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it's not imminent. It's not tomorrow. Don Sweeney is worried about arbitration hearings and the coaching staff's on vacation. Like we'll deal yeah. with it in a couple weeks. It, it, it yeah. is what it is. Like I just, it's an assistant coach. It's not the head coach. Like we'll be okay. And if they don't fill the role, that's okay too. You know, maybe, maybe that's something that, that Montgomery learned is that he, that's one way he can take more burden on himself and make more of those coaching decisions on himself because he delegated so much last year and that burned him. So who knows? Maybe not even filling the role is what he's learned to do. But it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, and you know, I know not much is coming from it. So I I, I don't know where else to go with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, we're we're just over the hour mark here on uh, on episode three thirty nine. Mark, do you, do you have anything else that you can think of other than? just the, no. the dark days ahead to try yeah. and dig and dig. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have nothing more. Um, and it is the dog days, it, it, unfortunately. But uh, we we do, as a B&G company, do have some exciting stuff that we're talking about. Um, all three of us are, are probably going to have seven guests at one time this, um, this off season in the next couple of weeks. And what we're going to do is we're going to probably do our centennial uh, draft, which we pick all-time players for a hundred years. Uh, you know, and I think we should have we can have ten people on the stream. So uh, I think that would be fun to get some uh, some listeners and some friends involved, and uh, you know, create some content that way. Um, Grace and uh, another awesome awesome young lady are starting a podcast soon. So. We're building our podcast network, and this is a great time to join our company. If you if you want to do an audio version of a Bruins hockey talk, or you want to become a writer, reach out to me or any one of us to 
to um, you know get involved because it is a lot of fun and and we do offer some really unique uh, experiences for uh, people that want to come in and really grind it out with us. You know, there's media credential opportunities in all three North American Pro leagues that we're accepted at. So. Um, yeah, we just got a lot of content coming out. I'm I'm releasing a podcast that I was supposed to do yesterday, but I forgot and got a little drunk. But um, <laughs> this <laughs> this is the um, uh, the new show that I'm I'm releasing. It is oh, the yeah. PNG Providence Hockey Report, and I'm flying solo on this. So this will be done today. I know I promised so many people um, over that's the one, week that that's the one you interviewed Brandon Bussy on, right? Absolutely, Brandon. I'm so excited. Brand, a Boston that. Bruins goaltender, Brandon Bussey, was my guest on this inaugural episode, and he was just a great, great uh, guy to talk to. Um, really determined to to get better every time. He's been really, really busting ass at stop it goaltending here in Massachusetts, um, and he was. It was great to hear his story about you know being a young uh, a, a child, learning the game, and then progressively going up to the levels and, and he, I mean this kid is like basically knocking on the door of the NHL and yeah and it was just a great great um great conversation and I'm gonna have more players uh, I've reached out to Bru- uh, Providence Bruins PR and uh, I'm gonna get some more uh, I think I want to get Owen Pedersen uh the next yeah. uh the next interview so I want to hear his story about being you know a, a kid from um you know Alberta, I believe, playing in the uh, in the WHL for the Winnipeg Ice, which is no longer anymore. Right. But he had a, he had a real he had a career year last year. But I wanna I wanna see how I wanna hear how he's working out to prepare himself for uh, his first pro year in Providence because he signed an American Hockey League only contract. So yep. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about getting a lot more players uh, in Providence to um, you know get accustomed. Maybe in a couple of weeks I get. Luke Toporowski, so we'll, we'll see what happens. That'll be a, a fun one to watch as it progresses. That's the Again, that's the B&G Providence Hockey Report, part of Black and Gold Productions. We've also got Baked Bear with Jay Pike, who filled in last week admirably for Grace. Uh, yeah. Still an up-and-coming show, but getting better all the time, and he's doing a great job with it. I definitely highly recommend that one. Uh, we got Only Bruins with Boosie and, and Brett yes. over there. That one is... That 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 show is a steam engine right now. They had they they had, they, they had Barstool Marina uh, 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 Maria. I can't say her name. Marina. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. on. Um, but just as a show, it's picking up a lot of steam. It, it it's an awesome listen, fun, laid back, a whole bunch. You know, definitely adult plus. So watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got something's brewing with Nick Melanson and Mike Sullivan. Yep. Mike, I work with on What's Brewing, our live show that airs Mondays at 7 p.m. across all of our social platforms, you know, and I also work with Andrew Johnson for Puck Off, who also works with Ian Bonner and Thomas Nystrom for Short Shift Pod. Like, we've got, what is that, 10, 11 pods, more coming yeah. um, all across. You know, one of the things that Andrew and I love doing with Puck Off is we cover the entire league. We're going to we're going to dissect every team coming up in the coming weeks. So even if you're not just a Bruins fan, you're a hockey fan, or even as a Bruins fan, you want to learn more about these other teams. That's what we're trying to bring for you over there. 
So that's an awesome follow. And, and we're going to try and during the season do a couple short episodes every week just to kind of keep you appraised as to what's going on around the league, the big stories, what to look out for, that type of stuff. And then obviously Mark's got you covered with the up and coming Bruins. Like, you know, th- this downtime, this is when we're going to have fun with the Centennial teams. And, you know, I, I know we're going to have a fantasy hockey draft that we'll publicize somehow, whether yeah. it's all internal. And there's just, there's a lot of shit to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Exciting. Definitely. So, but with, with that being said, I would just say follow us. Follow any one of us, but at Black uh, at BNG Productions, we'll branch you off to everything else. And you know, even if you follow one show, all the shows, you know, there's something out there for you. Mark, I know you want to mention the Patreon members before we head out. Um, yes. Any absolutely. any final thoughts before we get to those Patreon members and what they could win this month? No, I'm good. I'm excited, yeah, excited for everything. Yeah, shameless plug. Go check out on my Twitter. Get ready for a good podcast with a couple of wonderful young women so i'm excited to share that with all of you so definitely check it out and i can't wait to see uh what we're uh giving away soon mark yes um so at the end of this month which is actually next week so next sunday's recording we will be giving away this hand-signed sean thornton boston bruins jersey fully authenticated great great jersey um JSA, and this is from Boston's What's Music Memorabilia, and the amazing Bruce Sullivan. Um, so we'll be giving that away. So please go to uh, patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate $1 per episode to be um, eligible to win that jersey that we're giving away next week and monthly jerseys after that. So uh, it helps us uh, pay the, the bills here at the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. And uh, we use half of your donation to buy more stuff for the for the upcoming months. So uh, it's a really good program. People enjoy it, and I I just love sending people black and gold stuff. Get rid of all that Patriots, Red Sox, and Celtics crap. You black okay. and gold, black and gold. Your room, your <laughs> fan cave, whatever you want to do through and through. But you can do it here with some fantastic um, hand signed items. Uh, from the Boston Bruins alumni and current players. So I think I'm going to be getting a Charlie Coyle uh, jersey coming up. I think I'm going to be getting uh, probably another um, Adam McQuaid. Who knows? The, the the sky's the limit, but the more Patreon members we get, the better these prizes will be. Um, also, shout out, speaking of Sean Thornton, it's his birthday today. So Happy birthday, Sean. Sean. Thornton. Happy birthday, Sean Here Thornton. We <laughs> We should have given it away today. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, when, when you pulled it out, I was like, wait a second. I just saw that it's his birthday. Yeah. yeah. So go Sean Thornton, classic Bruin. That's going to be awesome. Absolutely. I can't wait, can't wait for somebody to get that next week. Oh, that, that's, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to be so happy for him. It's, you know, it, it, as someone who looks at a lot of memorabilia, I sit there and I go, man, I wish I could win some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, at the value that it is, no, maybe you don't win every month, but like. It, it, it's a dollar per episode, you said, and we yep. do what four, maybe five in a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you're, you're yeah. talking five bucks a month. That is literally a Starbucks coffee right there. It's a great exactly. deal. Exactly, and and you get a Sean Thornton signed jersey. I just sit there and I go, holy shit! Like I want it. <laughs> right. So, but I can't. So I'll be happy for those who can. Somebody, um, yeah. But with with, with that said, um, you guys got any final thoughts for for this week? 
No, I need to go have eat have food and get rid of this hangover. <laughs> there you go. go get, get rid of, I hope everybody is handling hangovers well today and, and all through <laughs> the week. Wishing everybody a wonderful week. Hopefully less rain for y'all. Exactly. Yeah, less humidity would be great. <laughs> so, but with, with that, um, that, that'll wrap up episode 339 from us here at Black and Gold Productions. Again, huge thanks to the folks over at FanDuel for, for uh, partnering with us. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Get the welcome bonuses over there. And uh, we'll, we'll have some fun with some bets coming up in the following year. So for now, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Go Bees. Go Bees. Go Bees, baby. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at blackandgoldpod at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Peace out.